big rocks and all that sort of thing. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello and welcome to uh, the latest episode of the Mick Wall podcast. Um, big love to my millions of fans. Uh, and a very special treat for you today because um, we are returning to the old country. The land of the mighty sod and the um, the black magic and the green magic and indeed the yellow and the red spotty magic. And and a big hello again to Fergal Trainer of that feckin' metal podcast, the greatest titled metal podcast in the world. I'm very well, Mick. Thanks for having me back. Um, it's great to be back again on... Ugh, right, ugh. Sorry, let's try that again. I'm all flustered now. <laughs> Fucking hell. I can't even speak. Now, listen, listen, listen. There's only one way we're going to get through this is to just briefly explain. I'm looking at the clock here. We've been trying for 38. No. Um, yeah. Uh, 48. No. 28. Minutes. Fucking hell, Fergal. I can't even get this bit right. Fuck me. Uh-huh. Well, let's call it 30. I've been going to 30 minutes to try and get this thing started. And it's been mostly Fergus' <laughs> fault, frankly. Because um, mm. I'm very good with the tech. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm your man for the tech. We, we'll see if the listener believes that. But uh, <laughs> All right, look. So, I mean. Yeah, let's, let's power on. Let's power on before we both, you know, age out. Okay, look. So last time we were speaking about... Um, I was presented a concept, does the past have a sell-by date? Uh, rock music regurgitating the same material, the same artists, the same songs uh, for decades now. And uh, we touched on a lot of different topics and we finished off the chat talking about vinyl and how um, I, I was saying like, oh, vinyl's had a resurgence, which seems to contradict like oh, everybody just is into streaming now. And you were saying, well, it's more trendy, uh, maybe put it on the wall for the artwork, that type of thing. So that's where we finished the last time around another thing uh, that i noticed um now is that what also what also seems to be trendy is the idea of the the biopic so you've got the motley crew film the dirt you've got the elton john film rocket man you've got uh the queen uh film we will rock you and it seems like especially with the motley crew one it seems like a lot more people are watching these than actually like those bands i don't really know anyone who likes motley crew but i know a whole load of people who watch that film and i was wondering as a writer does this renewed interest in something like Motley Crue, does that improve things for you as a writer, or like a renewed interest in rock, or does that kind of eat into uh, <laughs> things for you? Like, No, no, not really. It's all, I mean, it's all about mind share these days, you know. Um, and particularly the feel, like a Motley Crue is a very good example. People that bought The Dirt, the vast majority either had never heard a Motley Crue record or had heard it and immediately just thought, well, shit nothing going on there that's interesting um but they also had their ardent fans but the book wasn't written for ardent fans none of the best books Mm. are and it means that people that you don't have to be a fan to love that movie or love that book um in terms of my own position 
sad to say, but all the big mainstream publishers I deal with in the UK, slightly less so in America and definitely less so around the rest of the world. But here in the UK, um, they, they, they still feel dirty if uh, you try and sell them on a heavy metal book. They're never, ever, ever going to suddenly go, wow, you know what? I really need to know more about that genre. But it, but it does make the idea of a book like that sexy to them. Um, so it, it works for me because the, as throughout my career, there just aren't any other writers on this subject. There are some now, but it's rare to find any that are any fucking good. You know, they're, they're mostly fans and, and uh, they do a decent job. But um, so, so no, it doesn't. If anything, it makes it better for me because it, it, it validates those bands and that music in the mind share of book publishers. Um, it makes it slightly more respectable. I mean, especially if you get to say Elton John or Queen, mm. both of those brands, if you like, have been completely burnished by the biopics neither of which is particularly chronologically or factually correct because movies aren't concerned with that. It's about entertainment, but they certainly capture the gist. And uh, Elton, people like me remember when Elton was young and amazing, um, but people like yourself, I'm sure, can only think of the fat old man with the, the false hair, you know. Um, <laughs> so, so, so it kind of rejuvenates... Um, the artist. And I think Queen, again, I mean, Queen, uh, for, people forget but, uh, or weren't around, but Queen were kind of a joke for a long time. Um, yeah. You know, the famous NME headline, Is This Man a Prat? Um, and that was the last time Freddie uh, ever let them interview him. And that was like 77. Mm. Um, but again, the movie, the, uh, it, 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 it Reminds people how great they were, but also uh, there's a wonderful human story with Freddie Mercury. And you know, it's a wonderful human story. It's the same with Elton uh, being so frank about um, his sexuality. And why do you think we've seen a, a, a glut of these films in, in the last few years? Is it to do with the decline in actual listening to music? And that's why they're going to try and market us the music in a different way? Or is it something else? I think it's just... Uh, the way I think it's slightly more organic. I think it is literally the way the culture and entertainment has moved on. And at the end of the day, the best movies, the best books, the best bands, because we all love a narrative. You know, our favorite artist has a narrative that we, our narrative for our favorite artist is more precise and more brilliant than anybody else's and more valid for us. I think it's just the way things are going. And the fact is, you need stories. You need stories, you need characters. And cinema is having a tough time making movies that matter to a more adult audience because Netflix and all the rest of it just uh, wins every time. But they're having huge fun with uh, superhero movies and that kind of stuff. Mm. I think somehow these biopics kind of uh, are interesting enough to make an older audience that remember that or just like a good story to go along. But there's lots of songs as well. So it's it's uh, it's fun. It's deep, but it's not submerged. You know, it's not subterranean the way the best movies are. 
but it does speak interest and get people out sure and do you think though there's a cynicism to it like we've had the beatles now we've had uh elton john we've had queen we've had motley crew it's all like and, and like it, it just seems to be one after the other after the other um because one of them was successful and then okay let's like that's like the superhero films on like there's almost a multiverse of biopics now <laughs> yeah yeah no well you're absolutely right but that that's again purely for commercial reasons the record business uh, has always been uh, wherever lightning strikes that's where everybody runs to to replicate it you know whether it was the beatles glam rock punk rock um uh nirvana whatever the labels the industry the fans the musicians themselves all it's like a gold rush they all hit that same spot want a piece of the action and when it works out you do get a handful of amazing artists but it also means you get about a hundred of load of fucking rubbish um Mm. And then, like when you when you see something like the Motley Crue film, like so, Netflix threw money at that project. Um, they I don't think they could get one of the big studios to do it, so Netflix just gave them a shitload of money, and they got it made. And the Netflix business model is an odd one because you never get to see the return. Um, you don't know how many times that was viewed or whatever. But they obviously felt it was worth money. But then you also see Vince Neil out playing state fairs all over the United States, and there's like there's a bit of a disconnect there, like. Like, what do you think still lives in him that he wants to play to people who don't really probably give a shit in the back hours of nowhere uh, while he's clearly a multimillionaire? Well, I, that's a, a multi-layered question, and there are answers. going to take me a moment, I think. But, um, uh, you know, the, the, the movie um, is about... It's a period piece. It's about a time and a place... Uh, nominally in the 80s, but in the imagination now, over 40 years later, it's this kick-ass heaven. It's this fantastically outrageous, live fast, die fast, uh, 80s fantasy. Um, the, the movie, like all these movies, it, it's a movie. It's really not about them, and it's not particular about whether it gets certain things right or wrong. It covers the, the broad stuff, mm. but the rest of it is a movie. Um, that's got nothing to do with why um, Vince Neil is doing state fairs. I mean, the fact is Motley are back. They're doing a massive tour mm. uh, with Def Leppard, is it? I mean, it's going to be one of those oh, yeah. enormous dome. In 2018, Journey and Def Leppard did... I think like April to April to like November 2018, and I was out uh, at some of the last shows in LA, mm. and um, I was working on a thing, so I got a lot of information. Journey made over a hundred million dollars on that tour, and it was a co-headline tour. Yeah, it's um, unbelievable. You know, yeah, I mean Vince Neil. You know, Motley Crue are going to make a hundred million dollars at least, so no, he doesn't need the money. But what else is he going to do with his life? I mean, he's not a kind of a sit at home and dig the garden kind of a guy, is he? <laughs> yeah. But like, then he's playing like a Fremont Street experience in Las Vegas. <laughs> You're just going, why? <laughs> why are you doing that? Well, listen. Is there such an well, appetite for hey, Motley Crue? <laughs> listen, listen. He He's not doing it. He's not doing it because he wants to be a rock star. He is a rock star. Mm. Put it this way. 
he was going to be in Vegas anyway, getting fucking wasted. He may as well get paid a shit ton for it, get his suite completely comped, live by night in an atmosphere where what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. I mean... You know, I could do a bit of that. You know, a few weeks. Here's four weeks or whatever it is and $2 million or $10 million. No, it's you true, know. yeah. Like, I understand. But, like, it's it's another thing that I kind of wanted to bring up as well. Like, so we're talking about, like, that um, music that's being presented to us, big, huge headliners, like you mentioned, Journey there, who were around since the 70s. That's still out there, that they're still headlining tours. And um, do you think that, like, You've just said, what the hell else is Vince Neil going to do? And that's a very good question. Do you think, like, rock stars just find it impossible to walk away? Because to me, the only thing that seems to retire musicians is debt. Uh, like, and there's nothing else. <laughs> well, they're like boxers, aren't they? You know, boxers would still be going to they were 93, slugging it out if they could. Because, um, you know, uh, when I say boxers, I mean star boxers. You know, mm. the ones that made it to the top and don't want to quit. Um, why would you want to quit? Once upon a time, the narrative was different. The 20th century narrative uh, had no space. There was no dimension where they all got old and found something else to do. You know, I've had enough of being... I mean, Ozzy told me when he was kicked out of Sabbath in 78, his big plan was to open a wine bar in Birmingham with his first wife, whose name I can't remember. It's in my Black Sabbath book. Um, I was given $90,000 and told to fuck off. (laughs) Good money. Thelma, that was her name. (laughs) Thelma, yeah. Her name was, I just remember Thelma, he goes, I said to Thelma, we're open a fucking wine bar then. (laughs) Um, and, And that's when Sharon Osbourne came into his life and talk about a sliding doors moment. I mean, Ozzy right now, it's Friday night as we're doing this. He could be in that wine bar in Birmingham by the bull ring, uncorking bottles of wine for his patrons with Thelma right next to him. Yeah. Or he could be this enormously famous rock star known throughout the world. Yeah, that's a fair comparison. Um, I did see Sharon Osborne yeah. is releasing a new tell-all book about uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Ugh his infidelities, his drug use. Surely all has been told now about uh, Ozzy Osbourne that we don't need a new book from Sharon. Or do we? Hang on. Of course we do. There's Listen, many... A, a Sharon-related story. In about 1990, uh, I was involved in a project with Sharon and it was all... You know, I, I was Ozzy's guy in those days, okay? I mean, I was the guy, I'm Ozzy's guy. And we're involved in this thing... Um, and it would have been a quite a lot of money for me, six figures, but for her, very kind of low level in terms of outlet, uh, in terms of um, initial money. So uh, anyway, it all goes ahead. I'm I'm cutting to the chase. At the last minute, um, in a most theatrical way, uh, she took the project away and gave it to someone else. Mm. Because this other guy had said he'd do it for half the price. Right. And um, and he was, uh, I don't think he was particularly familiar to it. It was just money. Yeah. I remember saying to my accountant, a wonderful Irishman by the name of Frank Dunphy. Okay. Uh, he, he used to sit there waving a cigar. Ah, Mick, now, you know, they're all fucking idiots. You know what I'm saying? So he'd say <laughs> to me, he, he goes, 
Um, uh, and he was great, Frank. He'd done like Ken Dodd and uh, all kinds of people. And um, <laughs> he was a showbiz uh, accountant. He said, uh, I said, but Frank, what's a fucking hundred grand to her? It's nothing. To me, it's everything. To her, it's fuck all. And he went, yeah. Asher Mick. Asher Mick. I said, surely she's got enough. He goes, Asher Mick. There's no such word as enough with people like Sharon Osbourne mm. or indeed any of them. Yeah. yeah. And it's true. There is no enough. There's no moment where they go, you know what? Let's give something back to the little guy. You know, they just go, get it. When's he playing next? Let's get the money in. True. Yeah. Anyway, what we're saying about her, t- I'm surprised she, she's doing one about him. The one that would really sell would be her one. Well, it is about her, actually. I only just saw the snippet of news just before we started recording, um, but it says it'll be about her life, but includes uh, references to, like, Ozzy and his infidelities and drug use and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's obviously a selling point of it as well, though. Uh, well, I, I think it'd be more of a selling point if she said her infidelities. <laughs> um I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not suggesting there have been any, of course, but that would be a seller, wouldn't it? Well, but, it would. I mean, Aussie's infidelities. Who fuck me? Who cares? <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking as well. Like, um, so th- thinking and about drug taking, we've, ne- we've never <laughs> yeah. heard about Aussie taking drugs before. I, I can't wait to discover what that's about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, thinking about it, just kind of like milking. An, a, an act or like a legacy act until it is no longer relevant um i know you're close with uh wendy geo having collaborated on the book you did there recently uh, excellent book actually but what did you make of the whole hologram thing and do you think this is a viable uh pursuit for like dead rock stars um i never saw it in person i only saw, saw the same video online that most of us did so I think unless you can actually be in the room, I how can you really gauge? It's such a different experience. But the principle of it, uh, I think it's inevitable. And I think when it becomes pristine, I think it will just be wonderful in the same way that at a certain point, you know, DVD, uh, 5.1, blah, 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 become, and the speakers around your head, you know, that Led Zeppelin DVD in 2003 felt like a game changer. It really felt like it was the next generation, the next yeah. step up. And I, and, I, and I think what will happen is it won't be what we saw with Ronnie, which was very much early stages prototype. I think you'll get an incredibly exotic inclusive immersive inclusive experience um that will you don't have to pretend they're there but i mean wouldn't you like to be transported into the front row at madison square garden in 1973 when led zeppelin about to fucking destroy your brain yeah I, I would i think but i think maybe there's a part of it that sounds just a little bit sad i don't know it's it's like it's just it's just pushing new music out of the way again and like in like it's just another way that new music and new acts are being pushed out of the way like the the thing i think you're kind of like describing there the the closest i've seen to that is the abba avatars tour which is kind of where i drew the line in even trying to understand what it was about myself i was just like i don't know what this is i know it's not the real abba kind of but it is but it's not it's computer generated imagery and it just seemed quite bizarre to me actually I don't think it's um, a case of either or. 
uh, I think there's room for both. I mean, you're a young guy who likes live music, who likes real bands. You can't say, well, this experience isn't like that, therefore it's bad. You can say, well, that's clearly not what I'm into. Mm. Um, but there are lots of people that would love that, absolutely love it, because it's just entertainment. But, you know, you're a young guy, you you, you play music, you know music, you love music. You, you know, that's like that's me too, you know, except um, it's very passionate subject for you. And I think that is brilliant. There's no downside to that. But I don't know how that, whether it matters, whether that speaks to the, what I'm going to call not so much the video experience, but the AI experience. Mm. Um, uh, I just think the two things are separate. And you can like both, you can like neither, you can like one, you can hate the other, whatever. But I think they're, I don't think they affect. I mean, I don't think, I don't think any of this stuff is holding back new bands. Um, the greatest bands couldn't be held back. You know, the, the the they all had nothing going for them seemingly initially because they were so different. And 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 going against the the common denominator was what made them cool. So um I just think new bands uh have to work harder to get our attention as it should be, you know, as we all do. Um I, I don't think one eliminates the other at all. I think the one that uh, feels under siege just has to be more inventive. Okay. Um, so one one thing that's missing from your, your bibliography, I'd say, of uh, books you've written is a deep dive biography of Tin Lizzy. And I'm surprised you still haven't written it yet. But what do you think about Tin Lizzy continuing on in their current form, basically with, with without Phil in it and just with Scott Gorham uh, leading the brand himself? Well, that's Black Star Riders, isn't it? Well, no, because he's left Black Star Riders now to focus separately on Tin Lizzy. So get the fuck what yeah. Scott has. Yes, he has. Yeah, I, well, I did not know when did I've been listen. I've been buried underground with books, as you know. When did this happen? Very recently, uh, only in the last few weeks or a couple of months. Anyway, it's it's recent news though. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Um, okay, well, I didn't know that, but I do know Scott. I've known him for many, many years. Um, the the So first the book. Um of course, I'd love to do it. Uh, 
I think probably the way into it for me now, though, would be a, a book about Philip Leinert. Mm. Um, a little bit like my Hendrix book, uh, maybe even more so, maybe actually uh, like a David Peace, as it were, novel novelistic version of a story, a real story, a true story. Because often the way, the, the really evocative and meaningful way to tell these stories you know, you need more than just the facts. You need more than just the interviews. You need the essence. You need the spirit. Um, and that takes into literary realms. And that's the story I would love to do. The only reason it, it didn't happen in the past was, number one, uh, Philomena, Phil's mum, was very controlling over the legacy, completely understandably, but uh, in the conversations I had with her here and there, there was no, um, I didn't think she would understand what kind of book I thought would be a good idea. Hmm. Her idea of a good book was the Bible according to Phil, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, because she loved him and, and he was the greatest guy in the world, but she would not even acknowledge, you know, a, any anything bad at all. It was always someone else's fault. Mm. So so that put me off the whole thing because I, I actually knew Phil, all of them quite well. And, of course, I'm Irish, believe it or not. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It just never felt like uh, the right moment. I'll tell you the other thing that in my days of doing Zeppelin, ACDC, Metallica, uh, this, is the, this is the sad truth, is that... Um, my publishers knew they wouldn't be able to sell those books in America. Or rather, Zeppelin, Metallica, ACDC, no problem. They would sell all over the world. But Lizzie, it was really just here, obviously Ireland. Yeah. Uh, but Ireland, the UK, a uh, little bit of Australia, uh, Germany. But in America, nothing. No market whatsoever for a book on Thin Lizzy. Yeah, fair um, enough. And it, it, it is, it, it's odd, actually, yeah, because even today, when I'm speaking to some American people, they there's no real knowledge of them uh, on a broad scale in the US. They just never seem to overlap over there. Well, it was one of the most tragic and sort of cursed aspects of their story was that they absolutely coulda, woulda, shoulda, and not just once, but like three times. Three times they shot themselves right between the eyes. The first time in 76, The Boys Are Back in Town is a hit record in America. Jailbreak is actually in the top 20. And they're touring and they're playing with bands like ZZ Top when ZZ Top were a fucking band. Mm. And, and everybody. Um, and they're doing really well particularly in New York and L.A., uh, inevitably. Um, and then Robbo, on the eve of what was meant to be the, uh, the uh, sort of this is the one that pushes them over the top, um, gets into a fight in the Speakeasy Club in London the night before they're meant to leave yeah. with Frankie Miller, a vicious motherfucker. And I, I met him a couple of times. He terrified me. He was very... <laughs> Bad fucking news we had a drink. Him and Robbo, forget it. Um, and the two of them were out and they got into a fight. And someone went to put a glass, broken glass in Miller's face and Robbo held out his hand to block the shot. Mm. And it severed a tendon in one of the fingers on his left hand, his 
You're a guitarist. What is it? Is it the fingering I, hand? I'm actually not a guitarist. I don't know. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> no. You told me you were the guitarist in U2. Oh, yeah. No, that's what that was a fib, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I, I, I did play, I dabbled in it when I was younger, but I, I'm not in any way Oh, for some reason, I, I thought you were an accomplished soloist. No, I do dabble in a band, but I'm not a musician. Uh, I sing. Ah, let me get, you're the singer, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Okay, okay, Mister Frontman. So uh, um, now I'd love to do a thing on Lizzie, but it, you know, um, so, so, I would so, love to do it. It might happen. What with the Philomena thing? I know she's she's died now in the last few years, but um, was it a case that that you didn't want to write a book that might offend her while she was still alive? No, no, no. I never worry about offending anybody. No, that's what I thought. No, I. I <laughs> No, no, the only people I don't want to offend are the people that read my books. They're the only people mm. I do not want to offend. I don't mean that in a in a cancelled sort of way. I mean, I'm quite happy to offend their conceits and vanities, but um, uh, or, or confa- confront them, confound them. Um, but no, 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 no. It was because I knew while she was around, I would not be able to write the book I wanted. I had no intention of kowtowing to Philomena. That's why I didn't bother. Mm. Um, because I knew that, because that always came up. There were other projects, you know, to do with classic rock. Um, there was also a, a, a biopic, Fergal, that I was hired to consult on um, uh, that nothing ever came of. But but like all these things, for the few months it was it was on the table. It was like, this is happening. And um, number one obstacle, Philomena. Um, and then after Philomena died, there was another one, very, again, very same, but a few years down the line. And this time it was Caroline, Phil's uh, wife, because uh, I, I can't remember what the ins and outs are, but, you know, she owns, or you know, because the estate, you know, I think mm. Caroline now controls the estate in terms of the music. And, and so... Um, you know that that I think we talked about it, didn't we? That doc, or maybe it was John and I. That that documentary it was me and John. That documentary on Phil on Phil that came out on the B- BBC was it? Did you see? Oh, it? songs for a while I'm away. No, I haven't watched it yet. Actually, it's on the list though. I haven't actually watched it. All right. Well, it, the surprise was that it was good. I mean, mm. I didn't expect it because it's so uh, authorized. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, and it had some voices on there that I've never heard in any other document. Gail Clayden, Phil's first real true love, who came over from Ireland to England with him. Right. And bizarrely, many years later, was the producer of the Monsters of Rock show. Okay. Um, yeah, weird, strange, whirly-whirly world. I'd never heard Gail quoted anywhere. Uh, uh, and I interviewed Gail once for a story I did on Phil. And her stories are incredible. I mean, there's a book right there. Gail's, Gail should do a book. Um, Maybe so she's she, her voice, her, her voice is in the documentary. Uh, she's in it, uh, so I thought that was great. There's a lot of really nice stuff in there. Like all these documentaries, not just this one, but almost every one you see, um, where the family's involved and it brings it up to date. You know, there's there's a zero about what happened after Caroline had left him, yeah, um, or, or much of why she left him. Um, and I was there for that. 
and it, it it ain't pretty as phil would have sang or did sing um uh, and, and you can't expect that in that kind of documentary but at that point you know i switched off but th- there was some really good stuff in it yeah and then just back to the band itself continuing with scott gorham do you feel like he has the right to do that i mean thin lizzie without phil in it it's probably where a lot of people draw the line you know uh on whether or not the band should even have that name yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, if he had Brian Downey in the band and he brought Robbo back, they're both still alive. Mm. Um, well, he's I dabbled, would be a li- I- Brian Downey. He was in and out a couple of times. I don't know what his latest reason for not participating was, but um, he was in there. Well, he, well he, certainly, he certainly hasn't been in Black Star Riders, has he? No, he, but, uh, no he has his own uh, band called Brian Downey's uh, Alive and Dangerous. So it's not for... Does he? La- yeah, they're playing Does in Ireland. Now? Yeah, um, not for a lack of um, wanting to play the music. Obviously, I I, I always assume it well, must be a personal thing. Well, put it this way: it, it, say this isn't going to happen, but say Scott and Robbo and Downey got back together. Now, it's not it's not reasonable for them to find Phil, unless we have gone twenty years into the future and it's AI time. Um, if we want to go and see a show and you've got you've got those guys and Phil is dead, I think you've got Thin Lizzy with guest vocalist whoever. Yeah. Uh please not please not Ricky Warwick. I love Ricky Warwick. I think I, I do. He's a great guy, very talented, a fucking nice man. But yeah. I'd like to see someone else have a go at doing that role in a but this is fantasy. This is me saying for head Robbo. Gorham, Downey, and a guy, that would be amazing. Hmm. But it's not going to happen. So it's Scott on his own, presumably. Sure Downey's not involved? I'm pretty sure Downey isn't involved in this one, no, because uh, his own band seems to be coinciding with the uh, announcement of this. I did see a list of people mentioned recently, and it wasn't Brian Downey anyway. Uh, That was was mentioned. Um, Well, well, then then it's, you know, it's Scott Gorham, Thin Lizzy tribute band, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I mean, nothing wrong with that. You have got Brian Downey's Alive and Dangerous, and now you've got Scott Gorham's Thin Lizzy. I mean, it's watered down, isn't it? It it like it leads me to a thing. I know you've covered yourself, but it's worth mentioning here about like Kiss talking about that they're going to continue after Gene and Paul have left, and like at that point, I feel that's kind of taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, uh, Kiss, as often with Kiss, are the absolute exception to the rule. Um, I don't think anybody really cares enough about Kiss, whether it's the real Gene Simmons or who the fuck, because uh, they're all in costumes. No one can really tell anyway. Um, They they already are cartoon graphic figures. Um, There's not any sort of spontaneous spontaneous it's pure entertainment nothing wrong with it i i saw i was on the kiss cruise at the end of 2019 oh yeah they were fantastic fantastic huge fun that looks great actually because they they don't wear the makeup and they play the the obscure songs and stuff like that that actually looks quite good the um the afternoon the boat set off i say the boat it's like a floating city (laughs) um literally as it started uh, the band were on the top deck uh, playing in the... Sw- there was a thing over the swimming pool. Playing in the swimming pool on a very slowly rotating stage. No makeup, nothing. 
uh, sort of semi-acoustic. The electrics were there, but, you know, just outdoor five o'clock vibe. It was fantastic. And that's how we set sail from Miami. Um, Very nice. But they also have a huge, you know, they have huge theatres in these things. And I saw them do, they did, I think, three or four nights. No, no, three or four nights. They did two nights in a row. Mm. And I went both nights. And both nights it was... Uh, pretty much completely different sets. It was fantastic. Very good. Um, so, so, so I don't know. Me personally, I think this is a sort of a Gene Simmons fantasy. I, I don't see it. Maybe in Las Vegas. Maybe if it was this kind of uh, you know thing in Las Vegas that ran for three months, like a like a, a movie or a th- theatrical production. Like you know, the Kiss I experience, could see something like that. Something the like Kiss that. experience. <laughs> The Kiss Experience. There you go. You've answered your own question. Right. Then, and, okay, so... And, and, um, and, it, and, it, and it doesn't matter because it's Kiss, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, and I, I could actually see that happening, to be honest. Uh, that would be one way around it, I suppose, where they weren't trying to pretend it was the actual band. But, uh, to, like, basically, the the um, team that we've discussed uh, on the last two episodes has been, does the past have a sell-by date? Are they going to continue? Does the music business going to continue to keep selling us the same acts? And just on this chat alone, we've talked about Motley Crue, Elton John, Kiss, ABBA, um, Tin Lizzy, Twisted Sister. I oh, know I, I meant to mention them, but I didn't. But um, I was wondering, like, <laughs> all these bands are still being sold to us, marketed to us in some format. Um, and do you see this changing at all in the near future, 10 to 15 years, or are we still going to be talking about this in 2040? Well, I think uh, it's now a sort of historic era. Um, I was reading this thing the other day about a museum in Paris. I don't know how the, what the correct pronunciation is, but like the Musée d'Ossi, I can't remember. But um, it's dedicated to the Impressionists. Um you know, an art movement that existed for a period of years and was extremely influential and very flamboyant characters and a wonderful kind of rebellious, next-level, very vital movement in art. Um, yeah. Uh, I think classic rock is is very fast, if not already, there. Um, uh how it affects what happens next it, it's just not an isolated thing you ask the same question of movies books tv uh, any kind of um online you know particularly uh, uh they all face the same dilemma which is we don't live in a monoculture anymore um we live in a place where you and i could live next door to each other and and see each other every day. Hello, hello. Um, but we might have completely, you know, you, you, I'll be watching TV shows you've never heard of, yeah, and you'll yeah. be listening to bands I will never hear of in my life. You yeah. know, <laughs> and I think that's going to be the same for, and I think that would have been the same forty years ago with you, Fergal. But you know, it's it's like that now for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's the dilemma. I don't think it's uh, the business not wanting new talent to come through. Um, it's just not the way they don't they don't want the way the talent used to come through doesn't exist anymore for them. No one's got the time. Um, yeah. When I was on the when I was on the Francis Rossi tour last year, um, 
uh, Quo put out an album in 2020, I think. I can't remember. But in the charts, it went very, very high, got very good reviews. And he was saying to me, we didn't make, hardly sold shit, you know, compared to the old days. Mm. I mean, not even, not even close. And, um, and they had a couple of singles and he said it was a nightmare. The label, it was Earache, who do a lot of these bands, said, look, we can't release a single where the intro is longer than 10 seconds. <laughs> radio, radio won't play it. Mm. Uh, and you think back to, you know, Two of the most famous status quo songs of all time, Down Down, which was number one in Britain. I'm sure it was a big song over there. Um, and Whatever You Want, uh, which, you know, oh, for fuck's sake, who doesn't know that song? Yeah. The intros on both of those are about 90 seconds long and they build and they build and it's just... Hotel California by the Eagles, that intro's about fucking two hours long and it's great, you know. Not anymore. So I, I don't, you know, it's not just one thing that's changed things. It's everything has changed. And, um, but then radio's gonna, radio's disappearing too. You know, that's d disappearing into the, the, um, the you know, the, the fact that we're going to have so much choice and on demand uh, and who needs some gurning git to make inane, cringy banter between the songs <laughs> and I don't I don't give a fuck what time it is or what the weather is I can look out the fucking window what's the time everywhere you look these days you know the time you know um so I don't know I I I, I do tend to feel you, you know you can't be King Canute you can't be that guy when Dylan walked on stage with an electric guitar for the first time at the Newport Folk Festival you can't be that guy trying to stop the show and saying it shouldn't be allowed, you know. Um, I think at some point for all of us, the wheel stops turning a little. And I think mm. for people like you and me, music is one of the greatest forms of art ever created. I think it still is. Of course it is. I just don't know if it will be in that particular idiom that you and I like to discuss. I think that will, rock will always be there, soul metal, but I think it will be, um, it was already niche, but I just don't think we can expect it. Any, I don't think we can expect anything to, to, to have ripples outside its own echo chamber anymore. Mm. But it doesn't mean they won't be brilliant. It doesn't mean those musicians won't be incredible. It just yep. means we probably won't get another Kurt Cobain or, or a, a John Bon Jovi. And I know how much you like him. <laughs> but as you said last time rock has a way of surprising people uh, just when you think you've seen it all here comes the sex pistols here comes nirvana etc so i suppose it's a bit of watch I, I, this I, space as well well I, t I tell you what no absolutely as you were saying that i was remembering we said that um i saw a band on youtube the other day i'm going to find it if you hang on um never seen them before they were on i think the tonight show so I guess they they obviously they've made an impact somewhere in um, America. Hang on, bear with me. I'm going to tell you because I can't remember their name. Oh, I know what they were called. They were called Wet Leg. Do you know them? No, I haven't heard of them. Good name though. <laughs> you think I'm you think you think I'm joking, don't no, you? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. God no. 
Okay, I can't fucking find it. They're called Wet Leg. Yeah. And it's like three guys, three, four guys, drums, bass, guitar, keyboards, whatever. Uh, and two girls, both on guitars, one doing most of the vocals, the other joining in. And uh, very fucking cool. Look at it on YouTube. And you say to yourself, listen, people playing guitars and coming up with cool shit, that's never going to end. Yeah. Um, it's just the way we consume it these days that it's like in Spinal Tap when it goes, the, we haven't lost fans. It's just that the audience has become more selective. <laughs> Very good. Okay. That's a, so maybe a nice way to wrap it up. Um, yeah. And if you're yeah. looking for something to do this evening, Vince Neil is playing in the Choctaw <laughs> Grand Theatre in Durant, Oklahoma. So have a look at that. <laughs> In Durant, Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. That, that sounds like a shit kick in town, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd love to spend, imagine that, uh, spend a Friday night with Vince Neal in, <laughs> what's it called again? What's it called? The Choctaw Grand Theatre in Durant, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> You'd need a fast horse out of town at the end of that, wouldn't you? Probably. I don't offend anybody from Choctaw who might be listening now. <laughs> <laughs> Your Choctaw audience is going to plummet. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the figures were looking so good oh, for well. a while there. Anyway, anyway, thanks again, Fergal. We're going to do this again, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I I don't know if there's much left in this topic, but I. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh well. No. Don't. Don't put yourself out. You know. God. I don't. God, God I, what I meant to say was that I would be open to talking about something else. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Good. Good. Definitely. And listen, belated Happy Paddy's Day. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm just about uh, recovered. I saw that. I saw that picture you put on Twitter uh, of your Guinness oh, yeah. and your. Yeah. It's very good. I, yeah. I'm going to have a go at that myself one day. Anyway, um, right. so check out Fergal's Twitter. Check out <laughs> Wet Leg on YouTube on the Tonight Show. And uh, have a nice weekend. Good stuff. All right. Thanks, Mick. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How do I stop this, Fern? <laughs>